Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. On April 25th, 2014, officials in Flint, Michigan, switched their water supply from the Great Lakes to the Flint River poisoning the residents and leading to one of the worst human-caused environmental disasters in American history. Award-winning journalist filmmaker Anthony Baxter's Flint goes beyond the headlines to investigate the escalating betrayal and deceit by government officials, the breakdown in public trust and faith in official science, and ultimately the community's enduring fight for one of our most basic human rights, clean water. The film is narrated by Alec Baldwin, and it is a terrific watch on many different levels, not the least of which is to see this tragedy, this ongoing rolling disaster as it unfolds and told from a point of view that is very much balanced and fair to all concerned. Welcome to the program, the director, Anthony Baxter. Anthony, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Mike. Pleasure to be with you. You really put in the time. You were back there in 2014 in Flint, Michigan. So for anyone who is a little unclear about what happened and why you went to Flint to, to document this, let's give a sort of the abbreviated version of what happened in Flint at, in 2014. Well, I was in Detroit in um, before the story became a, a huge news story. And it was there that I was showing a film I'd made called A Dangerous Game, which has a water theme to it. And um, at the screening, after the screening, one of the people there said, um, I'm a resident of Flint. You should come through to Flint and see what's happening there. And it so happened I did have my camera with me. And so um, the next day drove over to Flint. And there I discovered that essentially the people of Flint had as you mentioned in the introduction, Mike, the water had been switched. Um, on this day, the, this very day that we're speaking today, eight years ago, from the Great Lakes to the Flint River. And since that switch had been made, the residents were saying we've noticed all kinds of issues, be it uh, hair falling out, skin rashes. Uh, we also, the, the water color is appalling. The, the smell is disgusting. We've been going to the mayor. We've been raising our, our concerns about it with the governor. Nothing is being done at all. And then, um, as I was speaking to Melissa Mays, one of the, the, the first people I met there in Flint, about this, she was telling me about a citizen science test they were going to do because they were so frustrated and furious with the lack of progress being made by um, their many, many complaints to those in authority. I'm being told all the time that there was nothing to worry about, the water was safe. They were going to do a citizen-wide water test across the city and they'd engaged to, to help oversee this, a, a professor, Mark Edwards from Virginia Tech University. And he was gonna come through and monitor what they were doing and then see the results. So they did this incredible thing. They, they did this massive test of the water right across the city of Flint. And at that time, nobody had heard about what was going on there. And then the results came through. Mark Edwards, the professor, stood in front of the City Hall in Flint and said um, that there was no doubt about it. His um, scientist team at Virginia Tech had studied the water samples 
they were drinking toxic waste levels of lead in their water and that uh, um, that it was appalling essentially what the situation was there. Uh, then there was a local pediatrician um, who uh, did some research showing that since the water had switched in 2014 to the Flint River, the lead levels in children's blood in the city in a sample she tested had um, rocketed essentially. And that story, Mona Hanaratisha's research, um, doctor at the local hospital there, her research then made um, a story in the New York Times, which as soon as that was published, it became a huge news story. And it was not long before the governor, Rick Snyder, said, well, you know, we've looked into this a bit more and we're going to switch the water back. And they switched the water back to the Great Lakes, but it was too late because what had happened is this water in the Flint River, although there are also other aspects to it about the toxins, the impact it had on Legionnaire's disease, all of these things, the, the, the lead aspect of it was because it was corrosive and it, and it stripped off the protective layer um, and expose the lead in these old pipes, which many cities across the United States have deep underground that nobody knows are there. And it's not just in the US, of course, it's, it's where I'm from in Britain too. We have all these lead pipes and because they've got this, this protective layer to the pipe infrastructure, the lead doesn't get exposed, but because the water was so corrosive, it was exposed. And that is what led to these, these big particles of lead going through into people's homes and poisoning the entire city. I want to establish a few facts here. Prior to all of that happening, the reason that this decision was made <clears throat> to switch the water from the Great Lake, I believe Lake Huron, right? Yeah. To the Flint River was partially due to the fact that the governor and the state legislature had imposed this kind of extra governmental authority over a number of different cities within Michigan, but certainly for Flint, which allowed them the opportunity to bypass local governance to do yes. what they were doing. Is that, have I got that correct? Absolutely spot on. Yeah. So in Detroit, it was the schools. In Flint, it was the it was the water, um, and, and the, or the you know, it became the water because the people of Flint were paying the highest water bills in America, and this hadn't gone unnoticed from the 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 people counting the 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 dollars that essentially this could be um, a way of making money to try and balance the books because. The population of Flint, you know, has decreased markedly over the years. The infrastructure of the city is for a much bigger population. I mean, the population today, I think, it stands around uh, just over 90,000. And it, it's shrunk markedly over the years. But the infrastructure is for a, a city of 200,000. And so the, there's a lot of costs in, involved. And... Rick Snyder had this idea of sending in the money men to essentially try and uh, cut costs. And one of the ways that they decided to do this was to switch the water source. It was going to be saving them a few million dollars to switch it from the Great Lakes to the river. And they had the water plant already there, which was there as a kind of backup system. 
the idea was that they could just um, treat the water locally, that it would um, be fine. And you know, in some places that can be the case. There are other many places around the world where the river is used as a water source. But it was because they hadn't treated it properly and they hadn't done the, re the research to show you know, the amount of corrosion control they needed for one thing, but also to, to test for other toxins in the water. That, that research just clearly hadn't been done. And so when that, that famous clip that the people might have seen where the, the, uh, the mayor is there joined by people from the water plant and they're raising a toast in the water plant on this very day uh, back eight years ago, April the 25th, they, um, they are saying to the people of Flint, this is a great moment. We're switching to a local new water um, source and the, our water is, is great for, for you to drink. But of course that was not the case at all. Yeah, okay, thank you. That, that's, I wanted to frame that and also you bringing into to the conversation, the fact that Flint was at one time considered one of the premier cities, not in just Michigan, but in the entire country in terms of its wealth, prosperity, the future looked bright, all of those things were going on. And then GM started to dismantle its US-based manufacturing and took all, basically took the life out of Flint, Michigan in, in many, many ways. There's one other thing that I think we, I just want to, because in your film, it becomes a little bit of an Alice in Wonderland in terms of what is real. And so, but the Flint River, was it proven to be, the water in the Flint River proven to be unhealthy? Was that, is that an established fact? Yes. And the uh, samples taken from the water by uh, Professor Edwards and his team um, and analyzed showed that the, there were other toxins in the water that led they, they 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 because there was also as well as the lead situation which you know is 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 well documented the legionnaires disease outbreak that um is less well known which caused um 12 deaths but led to many more is the suspicion because there were lots of unexplained pneumonia deaths in flint after the water switch and pneumonia um, and legionnaires have a lot in common. And the, the suspicion has always been um, that those pneumonia deaths were in fact legionnaires deaths. Professor Edwards' team analyzed the water um, for, for other toxins, but not to the degree that other residents would like, the residents would have liked them to have done. And that's why there was a, in a way a vacuum created for yeah people like Mark Ruffalo and his water defense team to come in and say, actually, you're not being told the whole story here. Although you're being told there is lead in the water, which, you know, is, is because of the corrosive nature of the water, there are also all these other toxins in the water that are making you sick. And, um, you know, one of, the, one of the difficulties, I think, in the, in the whole story really is trying to pinpoint the residents have, have, there's no question that there has been a huge number of residents experiencing symptoms other than lead poisoning, which happened after the water switch, be it hair loss, be it rashes, skin rashes, um, you know, all kinds of other issues. But you know, the the difficulty has been, I think, for, for the people to feel that the the true 
picture has ever been fully revealed yeah. and they, they've been left in the dark and having to to essentially try and work it out for themselves yeah i didn't mean to imply your film is an alice in wonderland it's not it's beautifully done <laughs> i just want to make it clear the film walks us through all of these different permutations of the experience of for the residents for the politicians for the governor for the industry related around water and water um, providing water to the people of Michigan. There are so many different things going on. And I just felt like at some point I, I, I need to know what the facts are because, because it's just important. Yeah. It's important for these people and the, the politics of it, right? The fact that this is happening in a city that is predominantly African-American, predominantly the, and the, the reason this happened was because of something extraordinary, in my opinion, extraordinary in American governance in that there, the establishment of this sort of oversight by a, uh, a non-elected group of people over a city that had been devastated by so many different factors. And it's hard not to it's hard not to see other agendas involved here. It's hard not to see whether the science plays out the way that it should have. All of these things going on, it feels like something else that is this sort of dark matter of the of the world of politics and governance in these people's lives. Is that fair? I think it is. I think it is fair. I think the you know the 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 problem that we have in the world today, wherever we live. I remember in London, you'll perhaps recall the Grenfell Tower fire, a, yes. a big tower block where yeah. residents feared that the cladding that had been put on their building was unsafe, that there wasn't enough um, uh, evacuation staircases, etc. They jumped up and down about that for many, many months and years, nothing was done. And so I documented it in in Scotland when I was doing my film. You've been trumped about Donald Trump building a golf resort and and the 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 way that the the local authority there behaved and the Scottish government. And so you know, we we everywhere we are in the world, we we are facing these kind of dilemmas and in flint i think the the real kind of horror story really for the people was they just were not being listened to and their concerns were dismissed and that happens time and time again particularly when there's um public health uh, 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 or, or other matters of, of life and death you know that, that you you sort of feel that there's the money side of it and then there's the the people's experience and the people in authority who are elected to protect them are not doing their job. And they, for whatever reason, decide um, not to listen and, they, and they're, they're blanking out really the concerns of people who have very real evidence to show in the Flint case that the water is not safe and they want something done about it. And so I think there's a real, a real problem here um and it's about our elected representatives for you know who we put so much trust in to keep us safe and to make the decisions that are are, are, are gonna um safeguard the safety and, and the health of 
our communities. And, and in the Flint case, that just was not the case. Yeah. The film is called Flint, Who Can You Trust? And uh, it comes out here in Los Angeles on uh, April 29th, and it will be screening at the Lemley Los Angeles Theater. Check the website. You can go to the filmschoolradio.com website. I've got a uh, link to how you can watch it, where you can watch it, and resources as well as uh, information about the film itself. Well, Anthony, I really appreciate this film on many levels. And uh, the fact is, as I sit here talking to you today, I, I fear that you would tell me even worse news if you were to update me on Flint, but we don't need to, you know, is it is it as bad as? Well, I was there, Mike, uh, just a few weeks ago, and I have to tell you that I was extremely shocked to see just how little has changed. I spoke to all the people in the film uh, again, because I wanted to be sure before doing interviews like this that I was armed with the facts about what the situation is like there today. And one of the most striking things for me was that none of the people I spoke to, um, or the people who feature in the film, are, are using tap water uh, to, to drink, be it filtered water, or in a number of cases, still refusing to shower in it. I mean, the lawyer in the film, Trishelle Young, who's instrumental in leaving, leading the class action lawsuit on behalf of the residents, she every day travels 12 miles to her mother's home to have a shower because it's out of the Flint water district. And so this mistrust continues. And there's every week, three times a week, these giveaways of bottled water where for about half a mile long, I drove past this queue of traffic waiting to get into um, the church, giving away the bottled water. So it's very much the case that there's huge distrust in the water, even though the scientists say that the water in Flint is as safe as any other city in the United States. And you can't really blame the people because <laughs> they were lied to on so many fronts over such a long period of time. At the beginning, when I first began this story and following it for the film in 2015, before the, the, the story became a big news story around the world, and they still feel hugely distrustful of what they're told by those in authority. It, it, this is a film that when you're watching it, if you don't feel like screaming at the screen whatever screen you're watching it on you, you don't have a pulse because there are so many things in this film that are maddening frustrating and enraging really and as much as it is about flint as much as it is about the these people's lives and what is happening as i i guess i'm struggling to get to it feels like it's about something else you alluded to the fire in in london there it feels like there is some something about the way that our government or governing system is becoming less and less accountable. And again, if I'm, help me if, if that sounds like hyperbole, but there's something about what Flint is about that should trouble every single person who watches it, if they care about the world they live in. And I can't say that I know that Flint is indicative of the everywhere in the, that we are being governed and all the rest of it, but it feels like something is going on here. 
And again, I don't know if that sounds conspiratorial, I, I apologize, but should people not feel like this is a kind of a, a, a cautionary tale? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's up for people to, to, to make their minds up about the film and, and, and how they relate it to their own community. But I do yeah. think that the Flint water situation and, and right across, I mentioned across the states, you know, there is a, a very aging pipe infrastructure and the same around many cities around the world. And yeah, we we have to ask questions as well about that and the impact that um, you know changes that are made that, 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 that often go unannounced as well. Um, but the wider question about you know the the, the governance and the 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 way that um, you know the politicians behave is certainly a hugely hugely important one and. Uh, with everything else that's going on in the world, you know, internationally in Ukraine or or here domestic stories such as the cost of living, it, it, it's very difficult to, to sometimes um, give time to <laughs> these kind of really important issues that, um, you know, are, are still very relevant. I mean, the Flint water disaster story may have tipped off the, the national news, news many years ago. And for many people, it, it's something they can't remember happening and don't really know what the latest is now today. But I think it's really important that the story is forgotten, that the spotlight continues to be shone on it. And I hope that the film in some way helps to do that, that yeah. uh, the, 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 the residents are, uh, uh, are not forgotten, that the impact of what they've gone through is continued to be monitored and whether you're looking at the children who consume this vast uh, amount of lead into their bodies the impact that that's had on them their learning the the resources that are open to them to help to try and um combat that yeah which is have been very few on the ground very few resources have actually been um, yeah, given to Flint, certainly by the federal government, really, over the years. I mean, the the, the pipe infrastructure is still being replaced. That work hasn't been uh, finished. And the residents say, well, they're only replacing the pipes from the mains to the homes, which is true. So you've got all this other pipe infrastructure which remains there. Um, and the comment is often made that if this had happened in a white, wealthy suburb of, say, D.C., it would have been sorted straight away that the, the fact that Flint is African-American and majority and it, it, it's, it's just that yet again, the poorest people and the, and the people who um, suffer the most seem not to have access to the, 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 the money and the lawmakers who will get things sorted out quickly. And you, you sort of feel that that has to be the case in Flint. I mean, if it had happened in DC, I'm sure that the streets would have been ripped up almost overnight and the pipes replaced. But here we are years later, that work still hasn't been finished. And people undoubtedly have this huge mistrust in authority. So when they're told by uh, President Obama as was, or you know, Trump, who came later, and you know, that they're going to sort this out, or Biden today, they 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 just have this disbelief because the facts don't speak to them in any other way. That the work is still not completed. There's not a cent in compensation being administered to the people for what they've been through, and so 
they're living very much the Flint water disaster today in um, 2022. And the world may have moved on in, in some respects, but the people of Flint haven't been able to move on. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The film is called Flint, Who Can You Trust? And I urge you to seek this out. It's, it'll be playing in Los Angeles, New York City, Detroit, Michigan, appropriately, Grand Blank, Michigan as well, starting this week and next week. So be looking for this film. Anthony Baxter, thank you so very much for this film. It's truly something that uh, I will remember for quite some time. And thank you for your time today here on Film School Radio. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.